Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sign of the Dollar.、Uh, today, I have with me a special guest who I actually just finished recording a podcast with. His name is Rob. He's、uh, he hosts a podcast called、uh, Blue Mafia Podcast. Be sure to check it out. How are you? I am good. How are you doing, Anish? I'm I'm good. Thanks for being on the podcast. Oh yeah, of course, dude. Thank you for coming on mine. It's it's a blast. You're you're、yeah. smart, man. You're, you're making me you're making me run a little bit mentally here. <laughs> Thanks. So.、Uh, There, there are a couple of things that、uh, we talked about on your podcast.、Uh, that, that there was、uh, taxation. There was stuff about、uh, Trump. Some political commentators that we like.、Uh, but one thing that's very relevant、uh, recently that I recently actually did a podcast on, like a full podcast analyzing this situation. There's actually been some new、um, some new news about that lately, and that is,、uh, of course, the Kavanaugh、uh, the Kavanaugh controversy、uh, controversy. However, you'd like to say that.、Um, <laughs> yeah. So、uh, your, Br- your British is coming out, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, but actually, that's the funny thing about that word, you know, because controversy is how they say it in both places. But controversy has become a more、um, a recent pronunciation that has come in in England mainly, but also in the U.S. So, oh yes,、uh, I've I've heard that's it kind of that like、way. a gray area. Yeah, it's it, it's kind of a gray area because it's not really it doesn't belong to British English or American English. <laughs> <laughs> it's just kind of it's people trying to sound hoity-toity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it it, it just it catch, catches like I just call it like. Virus, you know, you,、yeah. you just get used to saying it if you hear people say it around you. <laughs>、uh, but anyway, back to the topic. So,、uh, what, what are your thoughts? Like, let's start from what happened initially.、Okay. Uh, what do you think about Brett Kavanaugh as a judge and his、uh, his credentials, his ability to serve on the court? And then we can talk about what's happened more recently. Okay, so when it comes to Kavanaugh,、um, I have an inherent、uh, distrust of establishment. And I would say that Kavanaugh is actually somewhat of an establishment type of guy.、Um, the Yale, the his upbringing, he's kind of a he's a very white collar gentleman, if you will.、Um, at the same time, though, so are all our judges. So it's kind of it's it's a tough thing. Like it's almost like an aristocracy in America,、uh, especially that class of jurists and and lawyers, especially the Ivy Leaguers, if you will.、Um, right. So I always have a little bit of a misgiving about. Judges, just because they're they always seem to have the same kind of through line. You know, they go to the same schools as the Bushes. They all those kind of things. However, with Kavanaugh, that being said, from everything I understand about him, he seems like a pretty solid judge. He's very conservative, but he's also been he's considered a very very fair judge.、Um, yeah, and he for he sure resided over a liberal、uh, a liberal area in his federal uh, uh, his federal judgeship. I'm an idiot, <laughs>、um, but uh, <laughs> he,、uh, you know, from everything I've read about his case, his cases, and his the way he's handled himself throughout his career, I'm actually quite impressed. I have to admit, he seems like a pretty solid、right. guy. There's some stuff about his finances and stuff, but he just sounds like a regular American that way. He's not super rich, which I like. I have to admit. So,、um, as far as a judge, I think he's totally qualified to sit on the Supreme Court. I mean, you look at some of the judges we have, Sotomayor or Ginsburg, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and they're literally, literally political activists,、um, and their and their、right. uh, judicial record,、um, like Sotomayor, her judicial record is a travesty. I mean, it's awful. She's very social justicey in her decisions, her her majority or her decisions on certain cases. Because I remember her confirmation were terrible. I mean, utter garbage, and nobody gave her any pushback. So on that level, I think, look, you lost the general election as leftists, 
And you have to deal with the fact that the judges Trump's picks are going to be more conservative. How, having said that, right. I do believe that Kavanaugh is a very constitutionally solid judge. I think that he makes his decisions yeah. objectively based on the law. I do not think that he's a political activist in his position. There's no evidence that I've seen that he's actually a political activist. And what are your feelings on that so far? Well, actually, uh, I mean, I hadn't heard much about him before uh, the before his com- confirmation. No, actually, not not um, before he was nominated. Uh, uh, sorry, not confirmation. <laughs> That's gonna that happen. Has to happen. It's happening tomorrow. That, that will happen good. today. It will happen today. Yeah, yeah, it's happening. It's happening. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I, I didn't know much about him before he was uh, in Trump's shortlist. But uh, after I started looking up into him and uh, seeing his credentials, yeah, I, I certainly think he's very qualified to serve in the Supreme Court. He's been on the D.C. Circuit of the Court of Appeals for uh, over ten years now. I think. Yes. Uh, I mean, he's he's highly qualified. He's he's had an impeccable record of uh, sticking to uh, and upholding the Constitution. And uh, th- there you have one of your main reasons why the Democrats don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> so true. <laughs> They're like, you like the Constitution? It's an old piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, so that way, I think he's a fair-minded judge, and he should, uh, based on his credentials and based on his ability to um, serve in the Supreme Court, when it comes to his merit, when it comes to his mindset, I think he's absolutely qualified. And based on that entirely, he definitely should be uh, confirmed. Uh, lately, with the with the with the um, controversy with the rape accusations, the rape allegations, I don't think that changes very much because. See, there's a very important thing about this um, system that the U.S. and a lot of other countries have, which is innocent until proven guilty. And just because you're accused of something, it doesn't mean that you now have uh, it's your it's your responsibility to absolutely uh, make sure that you completely disprove what that person is saying, because many times you can't do that. So the presumption of innocence works in the favor of the person who's being accused and gives them a chance uh, to defend themselves, but doesn't require them to uh, prove that the other person is giving a false yes. accusation uh, unless they be uh, convicted. Because if, if they did, that would be, that would be ridiculous. It, it would be so easy to falsely oh, yeah. convict people. Well, the, and, the burden uh, of so, proof has to fall so, on the accused. Accuser, because if it falls on the accused, the problem you have is all you have to do is, you know, like look at Emmett Till in American history. We had a young black man. He was accused of of flirting with a white girl and they lynched him. Right. He shouldn't have to. He shouldn't have to disprove that. that. You know, and that's a horrible case. But that is a, a great example of why we have due process, because those failings in justice, they're catastrophic. Now, what do you think? Um. Like of the specifics, uh, I guess, as we'll get into this. Sorry, I stepped away for just a second. My little, my son woke up. <laughs> um, as far as you've seen with the case with Miss Ford, right? We, we, we'll discount the other three cases because they're absolute. They're bullshit. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're bullshit. ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> they are. There's zero credibility. I have. It's just. It's not even worth. Well, what, I mean, there was five cases total. One of them lasted all five minutes because the person recanted. So there was four cases. Uh, or three cases. I mean, there was five at one point. Two of them, I think, are pretty much gone. The other two are insane. Avenatti, that lawyer, is such a piece of garbage. Oh, <laughs> I mean, like, he's entertaining. He's so I'll creepy. give him points for entertaining. He is entertaining, but yeah, not in a good way. <laughs> as to the as to the Ford allegations, um, what are your thoughts on that? Like, I, 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 I'm curious what your perspective is on on it. Right. So I I, I talked about this uh, in my previous podcast, but I'll talk about it briefly now. I think that compared to the other uh, accusations, of course, Dr. Ford's 
accusations seem to be more credible. I mean, her as a person seems to be more credible. Her accusations, I still don't believe. Yes. But uh, here's the thing about her accusations. First of all, there's no evidence that would be in favor of Dr. Ford and actually prove or somewhat, you know, give, you know, people a reason to actually believe that Kavanaugh is guilty. In fact, uh, when it comes to the witnesses that she named, all three of the witnesses that she named, named by her, by the way, named by Dr. Yes. Ford herself, not I Kavanaugh, not Kavanaugh's <laughs> friends, under penalty of perjury, they said that they... They had never. Two of them said that you know uh, I don't recall this event at all. I, uh, one of them said that they don't even know Brett Kavanaugh, and that was Christine Blasey Ford's longtime yes. friend. So you know she's telling the truth. Yeah. What? Well, and I don't know if you've seen that they, they actually came out and said that uh, it's been denied. But Ms. Ford's lawyer actually contacted her and asked her to change her story or put pressure on her to remember. <laughs> so that now, of course, Ms. Ford's team has denied this, but it's very interesting. But as to here's the one thing. So I thought Ms. Ford was pretty credible, uh, seemed like a credible person, kind of. I, I have my doubts when people pull this kind of stuff. Um, and I did have some very I had some essential problems with her manner of accusation because no time, no place, no date. Um, nobody that she says was there remembers that it ever happened. Right. The other problem I have is that it, her oldest recounting of it goes to 2012. Even that is hard to verify. Um, because even though she told her psychiatrist and everything, she was friends with that psychiatrist. So that makes it, or therapist, that makes it a little interesting to her. But one thing that's come out, I don't know if you've seen this yet in the last day is the door, that second door. Have you heard about this? Uh, I'm not sure actually. So, in, okay. So in her testimony, she says that she has a second door on her house because she wants a second point of escape because of her trauma. Right. That was what part of her testimony. Well, it turns out that they, they dug into the building permits for a house and that second door was actually so that they could sublet a part of their house and rent it out. And they have, oh, wow. it out. so it's a second oh, wow. entrance for other people. So that, <laughs> That's a big that's a big ding to her credibility. Yeah. Um, that there was me, also many many inconsistencies in her story. Like she she oh. changed certain things, and yeah, that also gives like some doubt about her credibility. Well, and then the other thing is the flying. She lied about. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So I mean, at first, I, I, honestly, when I watched the testimony, I I was already a little skeptical, hippo wise on the whole thing. Not not totally believing everything, but. I thought, okay, maybe maybe this did happen to her, and she just simply thought, like associated with Brett Kavanaugh for some other reason. And you know, years later, when she drudged up the um, the memories, she assigned Brett Kavanaugh's identity to it, but it might not have actually been him. Right. How, however, another thing that came out is she published a paper in uh, crap. I'm going to mess up the year, 2008, I think 2009. It, it was in the last ten years or so. She published a paper okay. on treating people with trauma by hypnotizing them, having them recall the memories, and then building a narrative around it to help delve in. So literally implanting. Oh, wow. She wrote a paper about implanting people, times, date, and places, characteristics of the, the uh, trauma to try to, get, to try to get it out of people. But literally, it's like... Ooh, that's a little weird that you wrote that paper and now you're coming out and claiming the Supreme Court justice <laughs> yeah. you never named prior to 2012. This is weird. Now it's weird. <laughs> 
You yeah. Know? So so now, I mean, as as things have gone forward, the more that it, the more that it develops, I'm starting to doubt even her credibility. I have to be honest. I'm starting to doubt even her credibility. Now, the second point I would make on this whole thing is that one, if Kavanaugh lied about this and this happened, right? Um, right. He's disqualified. I do believe that. I you can't perjure yourself and be Supreme Court justice. Yeah, for sure. Um, however, if this had happened and he had admitted it, I don't even think this would have this wouldn't have been disqualifying because you're talking about a 17 year old kid who was drunk. And although what she describes is awful and horrible, um, I don't think he didn't rape her. He didn't even get her naked. So, I mean, it's horrible, and it he deserved to get if whoever did that or anybody that does something like it deserves to get the shit beat out of them. I don't know, though, if you can go 30 years later and say after a life, a, a track record that is stellar, a life that is corroborated by everybody as being a stand up guy, a good guy that doesn't do bad stuff ever. I mean, the worst thing they could find on him besides this was throwing ice in a guy's face at a bar. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 if you dig into my past, I've got worse stuff and I'm pretty mellow. So, <laughs> I, I mean, even that in and of itself is kind of strange. It's like. Have we gotten to a point where a 17-year-old – the other thing, too, that I would point out is she's recounting this 35 years later, and it's traumatic for her. But could you imagine a situation, especially in today's culture where we have rape culture and regret is rape, could you imagine a situation where maybe they had an awkward exchange? He tried to make out with her and kind of pushed her onto a bed, and she rejected him, and he goes, oh, okay, and he's drunk, and he's like, oh, and walks away. And 35 later – years later with rape culture she's a psychologist right yeah her going well that was rape that was an attempt at rape i so that's what the other part for me that gets a little dicey is like what was the exchange one i don't believe this exchange ever happened but even if it did i would i would imagine that the accounts would be very different and and my question really is as a as a society and as a culture how do we deal with these kind of things because if he says, look, it was a bad makeout session that got awkward and I left, like an Izensari story, right? Right. It, did he actually do something bad? Like, is Izensari, I'm, I'm not sure if you're familiar with his story, like his Me Too thing, but it was other, it was other, bo- oh yeah, Izensari, right? Yeah, yeah, he had an awkward date with a girl who gave him. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. It was, it was, it was, yeah, it was a bunch of. Yes, I mean I don't like Aziz Ansari particularly. Not me either. <laughs> but, but but I definitely don't want him to be smeared for raping someone. When oh. I mean that was complete bullshit. Oh, dude, he, did, he really <laughs> didn't up. do anything. Well, I mean she ended the night with uh, um, Felatio, so I don't know how you even. It's like he didn't do anything there. He sat on a couch, <laughs> right? <laughs> like he did. And so it's like this is this, these kind of accusations are very dangerous if we're going to take bad dates and turn them into some kind of, you know, rape. It, it's that's not true. And it also kills romance because, I mean, could you imagine going on a date with a girl and if you touch her shoulder, now you're a rapist? It's like, man, I. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, colleges now have a consent form. If you go on a date, you have to get a written form from the girl acknowledging, any, like, I gave him permission to kiss, and she has to sign it. It's like, 
What's it's like, like what are you guys doing? Like that is the most unromantic that that's literally where you get like, you know, the nerds are the only ones that are happy with that. And I don't mean that in a demeaning way. It's like the, the guys that have no like are like they're like, oh, I can just bring a contact to a date now and then we're good. <laughs> it's actually for some guys I could see that being like a mechanism. Like you're like, hey, I just want could you just sign the things you're comfortable with tonight? Like kiss holding hands, just sign here. And then you know right up front, okay, I can hold her hand, I can kiss her, and we'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's quite r- ridiculous, to be honest. Uh, I, I mean, men have to be very, very, very careful now. Yes. Well, I think, I think there's two sides to that story, though, because I think men have to be careful, but men also have to stand up for themselves and stop being such pushovers, because that is the other side of this coin, is if you apologize, you're, you're admitting a guilt in a way, right? So like if I if right. I go on a date and it's an awkward date and everything, yeah, I'm sorry you don't didn't fall madly in love with me. But outside of that, I'm not sorry. <laughs> like that obviously I'm married now and so my but my wife, like the first time I kissed my wife, we were in an elevator. It was her first kiss. Uh, we're Catholic, so um we we're in right. an elevator and I moved in to kiss her and she backed away up against the wall. And I just kept going until I got to her lips and she was so nervous. And then we had quite a good kiss. I was impressed for a first kiss. And she was, a, she, she was ecstatic. She ran upstairs and told all her friends. That wasn't, that, that's how romance works, though. It's awkward. It's, a, it's, it's, that, it's that mystery, you know? And men should be gentlemen. Now, this is one thing that I think that the, the left has an inherent problem with, is they want everybody to be sexually liberated, right? To just be total whores, right. men and women, and just have sex with everybody. But get a consent form first. And then they go, well, we don't like the way you behave. And it's like, well, yeah, but you hate Christians. You hate any more moral morality set that says that men should be gentlemen. But you want them to be gentlemen. You just don't want them to believe in it. <laughs> it's like, it's like right. you have no philosophical underpinning to this demand that men be, you know, that men be this. It's like, I, I, I don't understand it. Now, Real quickly on Kavanaugh, there's one last thing that the Democrats now are using, which is the demeanor argument. They are saying, and I, I want to get your oh, take yeah, on, yeah. I, I want to know what you think about this. So he came yeah, in for sure. and he def- he's facing scurrilous allegations against his person and was impassioned, fiery, and not necessarily the most level-headed ever right. when he defended himself. Now, my question is, is that indicative of a lack of uh, judicial temperament or is that a man who's defending his personal reputation? Do you think wh- – wh- where do you fall on this? Okay, so here's, here's the thing about that because people – they, they refer to um, you know, the emotional um, uh, characteristics and, and how – like, you know, the, the emotional aspect of it to, to see how genuine people are. So when they're talking about Christine Blasey Ford, they're like, oh, that was so, so, uh, so beautiful. I mean, she told her story and she was emotional. That's how you know she's telling the truth. Um, okay. Now apply that same logic with Kavanaugh, please. Because, <laughs> <laughs> because he's bound to get emotional. I mean, if he gets emotional, that's how you know that he's, he actually feels for this. He, he, he's like, how could this happen to me? Anyone in his position, anyone in his position, if I was accused of rape 20 years down the line, I, it would be very hard for me to keep my cool. And that doesn't mean that I'm not fit to serve on the Supreme Court. That just means that 
I actually react to um, you know these accusations in a general way because I know that they're false. If you, if you're gonna use that as a standard to judge whether a testimony is reliable or not, please apply it to both people. And of course, Kavanaugh's is going to be a bit more aggressive. Why? Because he's the one being accused. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, we're on the same page here. Well, I I just it's well here I'll. Ch- I'm going to give you an example of what the leftists would have done if Kavanaugh. So if Kavanaugh comes in and just sits there completely passionless, dead eyes, total judge, like, right, the perfect judge, just completely unemotional. Here's what you would have heard from the leftists. Well, like, I just don't believe his testimony because, like, who gets accused of rape and stands there like just he didn't even care. Like, can you be more soulless? <laughs> like, this guy is definitely guilty. Who would not be offended to be accused of rape? That's a horrible thing. And he didn't even seem like he cared. That is such a privilege. Oh my gosh. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's so you good. You know, that's what that's what they would have done. You would have Diane Feinstein out there, like, I just can't believe a man who doesn't want to defend his own honor. He went it's like, oh my gosh, you got they, I think this is the problem that the left is having, which is why why either libertarian, conservative, however you fall in the eye. I think it's really more – I call myself a progressive, conservative, libertarian, um, liberal because I'm nothing. I, I don't fit <laughs> into one ideology. I exactly. Have, you know, like my moral philosophy for life is Christianity, right? Orthodox Christianity. My political philosophy is pragmatism. Let's do what works best for people. I want fairness and equity across the board, not social justice because that's fake. That's not actual equity. I want people to be treated equal. Like we talked about a flat tax. I want equality, but in the way that people are treated and the opportunity that they're given by the government, which means the government just stays out of the way. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. 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 (laughs) And steps in when somebody else is trying to squash you down and violate your rights. Exactly. Exactly. So so that's the libertarian philosophy, right? Like it's live and let live. And until somebody uh, starts inflicting violence on you or until, because everybody has a right, has, has fundamental rights. And the only time the government is allowed to use force and the only time the government is allowed to be involved is when other people start infringing on your rights. But if the government starts becoming too big and interfering into too, in too much they become the ones that start um, infringing upon your rights totally i i couldn't agree with you more and being in california we are the petri dish of this stuff it's it, it's so true though because it's they just constantly i mean they uh for our ar rifles right the right. ar-15 so they right. <laughs> they don't allow bullet buttons which allows you to pop the mag out real quick and but then they also now they want they put this fin between the handle of the gun and the stock so, right. so that you can't so if you want to have a pistol grip you have to have this weird dolphin we call it the dolphin fin me and my buddies right so you can't so you can't grip it but if you have that you can actually put a bullet button on the gun and make it easier to reload so if you can just figure out how to adjust your grip you can actually be more lethal than if you just had a regular pistol grip they don't understand a thing about guns. They don't care. Right. They're, except for their armed security. And yet they sit there and they tell us how we can live our lives, what we can do. I know a lot of people with guns. A lot. Including myself. Right. We've never shot up a school. We've never shot anybody. Wow. We shoot targets. Exactly. And guess what? We hunt. Oh, I haven't gone hunting yet, but a lot of my buddy, Actually, my next door neighbor is a Punjabi guy. He calls himself the Punjabi redneck. 
<laughs> and uh, he, yeah, I gotta love that man, dude. He wears nothing but Cabela's, and if you go in his house, he's got ten mounts on the wall when you walk in. Oh, dude, right. the funniest thing ever is to watch white people walk into his house and they don't know what just happened because they walk into like this redneck <laughs> heaven. He's got a bar yeah, set up. Yeah, I think <laughs> Indians in, Indians are one of the one of the classes that that in, I've integrated the best worldwide, especially in the U.S. Oh, dude! I mean, they're they're just doing so well there, and I, it's my dream, man. I want to I want to go I want to go to the U.S. Oh. I, I want to eventually own my own guns. I want to have my own house. I want to have my own shooting range. It's very ambitious, but I mean that would be the life. Oh, you could do it, dude. Yeah, for sure. And we'd love to have you, man, because it's awesome, dude. My neighbor is the most patriotic guy I've ever met. He's awesome. He's been that been here since he was seven. 17 18 and he started with nothing and now he's he's done quite well for himself and it's just awesome to see man but dude it right you know but for the government to turn around and tell him you can't have this gun you can't do this you can't you have it's like why what he's never done right he's never done anything like he's never gotten in trouble he's never he's never given you a reason to restrict his rights so why right because what we do what america what the left in america really likes to do is go Oh, a bad thing happened. Restrict everybody's rights. It's like you're talking. Right. We have 300 something million people in this country. You can't extrapolate bad behavior from one or two or even 100 people to 300 million. That's insane. <laughs> right. Exactly. And I mean, I won't go too deep in the topic of guns, but I mean, they're used much more often in self-defense. And that's one more important thing as well. I mean, obviously, it's it's good. I mean, people should have the right to, um, you know, do it as a collection to, for, for their own entertainment. And that's absolutely fine. And the government should, shouldn't restrict rights based on that. But as far as self-defense oh. goes, guns help, like, so much. No other country has this. 500,000 to 2 million people uh, or 2 million crimes, serious violent crimes being stopped by the use of a gun. It doesn't even have to be shot. It just has to be brandished and it can save so many lives. Oh, yeah. th- th- that's the thing, man. I mean, it's it's so it- it's it's very important. I think it's a very good thing because guns are like one of one of the rights in America that no other country has and it helps protect all other rights. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. It's it's an amazing right and I love it. And guns are fun too. That's the other thing is that the most of yeah. most of the leftists that hate guns so much have never fired one. And if they did, they'd, yeah, they'd I, realize it was a tool because when you understand them and you're familiar with them, they're not scary anymore because you go, oh, you have to I, aim I remember, this at a person and pull the trigger for that to do any harm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I remember back in back. I mean, I can't really say back in the day because I'm a very young person, <laughs> but I, I remember when 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 people when, uh, you know, guys would would be really. That was even when I was young, not even very long ago, but before uh, this whole entire ban guns movement became huge. I mean, guys, they, they loved it. Like since they're a young, uh, very young age, they had toy guns and it starts with toy guns. And then when, when they get older, hello. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, one oh, second. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I, that was my mom. Oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. As I was saying. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's, like, like, well, like we say, boys will be boys. I mean, that, it, but we love it. We, you it's can't very say that. I mean, and, <laughs> and, and in the U.S., like those people actually get to fulfill their dream of, you know, shooting a gun. They don't want to shoot people, mind you. They don't grow up being like, okay, I have a toy gun. Let's just like, let's imagine this is that this is a real gun and we're just killing everybody. Yes. No. no. Oh, okay. There are games which you can kill people in, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they actually want to kill people. No. That's that's a ridiculous notion. Yeah. <laughs> that's just that's just entertainment. But anyway, the point is that 
this is it's 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 harmless. Yes, guns can cause harm, but no, guns alone can't cause harm. There has to be a person with bad intentions, uh, lack of moral value behind that gun for it to actually do any harm. Otherwise, most of the time, it does good. Yes, I totally agree with you. Well, and you see with, you know, one of the problems, too, is addressing the actual problem. You look at all the school shootings in America, right? But what are what are the similarities between those kids? 300 million people have guns or 150 million people in America or 200 million. It's a lot. There's like 300. There's almost 400 million yeah, guns in America. Th- 350. Yeah. 350 million guns in America. Yeah. So you look at these kids, right? So guns aren't the thing that's abnormal or different. Their isolation, their social, uh, uh, their, their socially. Um, oh my gosh. I can't. I'm mumble mouth this morning. <laughs> they're social outcasts, right? They're alienated. They're isolated. They're usually on uh, uh, some form of psychotropic drug, which is a huge issue uh, because that takes away your inhibitions towards uh, human life um, and human feelings in general. So why aren't we addressing though? You know, it's kind of it's very frustrating because like we should be addressing the things that are probably actually causing these issues rather than going after the tool that they use address the issue that's causing the people to want to use a tool in such a manner. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I completely agree with that. Yeah. So, um, I am, boop, boop, I am out of time. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was good having you on. Uh, we had a, a really good talk on both, uh, thank, both platforms. Thank you very much for having me on. This was a blast. Thanks for coming on my podcast. This was a blast, man. Um, I, you can find me, uh, blue eye mafia or blue eye mafia podcast everywhere. Uh, it's B L U I M A F I A. Um, it's an homage to, uh, Winston Churchill, Frank Sinatra and John Wayne. I won't get into all that. It's kind of hard to explain how I came up with that idea, but (laughs) there's a whole, (laughs) wow. My my fifth episode, I think, or seventh or fourth. I don't remember. One of the episodes actually an hour on the name of the podcast. So if anybody's ever curious, wow. you can hear me bloviate about how I came up with this name and how much of a genius I think I am. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you, thank you, Anish, very much for having me on. This was an absolute blast, an absolute pleasure. Uh, thanks for coming on my show. Also a blast and pleasure. Um, and we will, def- we will yeah, definitely sure. do this again, for sure. 100%. Yeah. All right. Thanks, man. Uh, That'll do it for us today at uh, the TST podcast. Thank you for listening and be sure you subscribe and listen to future podcasts.